Reading from Matthew 11. When John heard in prison what the Messiah was doing, he sent word by his disciples and said to him, Are you the one who is to come, or are we to wait for another? Jesus answered them, Go and tell John what you hear and see. The blind receive their sight. The lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the poor have good news brought to them. And blessed is anyone that takes no offense at me. As they went away, Jesus began to speak to the crowds about John. What did you go out into the wilderness to look at? A reed shaken by the wind? What then did you go out to see? Someone dressed in soft robes? Look, those who wear soft robes are in royal palaces. What then did you go out to see? A prophet. Yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet. This is the one about whom it is written, See, I am sending my messenger ahead of you, who will prepare your way before you. Truly, I tell you, among those born of women, no one has arisen greater than John the Baptist. Yet the least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. John the baptizer may have been the first, but he certainly wasn't the last. He may have been the first to go from absolutely convinced that Jesus is the Messiah to wondering if, in fact, he was the one. But he wasn't the last to wonder that. Plenty of us have wondered. Even in our devotion to Jesus, we wonder. We wonder because Jesus doesn't operate always the way we think he should. We have really good ideas for what Jesus should do and how he should do it, and a lot of times he doesn't cooperate. He's rarely on our schedule. His kingdom's nearness sometimes feels more distant than we would like. It's enough to make you wonder. John understands. John burst onto the scene with bold claims about Jesus. Repent, he said, for the kingdom of heaven is near. And he had big ideas about what that kingdom would look like. Biblical ideas. Exciting ideas. The coming one would, would take care of the oppressors. He'd clean up the temple. Things would be right again the way God intended them to be. The kingdom of heaven is near. Now John knew this wouldn't be good news for everyone. That it would be a threat to some. There's an axe, he said, waiting to cut down any tree that isn't bearing good fruit and to throw those into the fire. When the Messiah comes, he said, he will have a winnowing fork in his hand and will separate the wheat from the chaff and, and burn the chaff with unquenchable fire. Do you hear me, John said? The Messiah is coming and there will be fire. John was sure he knew how it would 
happen, how Jesus would do it, because he knew how he would do it. So when Jesus showed up to be baptized, John knew that it was on. But it wasn't on. At least not the way that John expected it to be. Jesus, like John, spoke of repentance, but somehow the tone was different. Instead of bringing fire, Jesus spoke of light. The people who sat in darkness, Jesus said, have seen a great light. For those who sat in the region and the shadow of death, light has dawned. John, at this point, listening from prison, must have thought that Jesus was just warming up, playing nice, making a few friends. Well, Jesus was making friends. He was calling the disciples, light dawning in their lives. He began teaching. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. Love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Forgive. Don't worry. Trust in God. Do not judge. In everything you do, treat others as you would like to be treated. These weren't the words that John expected to hear. Wanted to hear. These weren't the words that John would have said. There were other words. Words that sounded more like John. There were warnings in there. Unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and the Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. The gate is narrow and the road is hard that leads to life, and there are few who find it. There were even some teachings about fire. Jesus said, if you say, you fool, you will be liable to the hell of fire. And just as John had said, every tree that does not bear good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. Still, there's something different about how Jesus said these things. Heavy as they are, they sound more like concern than hostility, more invitation than threat. Rather than saying, join me so that you won't burn, it was more like Jesus was saying, join me so that your hearts will burn with joy. So that you can experience the fullness of life. So that you can live now and in the life to come. John, in prison must have thought, well, that's fine if it works. 
but I know these people. They need something stronger than what I'm hearing from you. That's not how I would have done it. Jesus continued with His ministry. Without a hint of fire, He loved others with compassion. He healed all kinds of people. He calmed a storm. He sent His disciples out to minister. He did those things that Isaiah said would happen. The blind received their sight. The lame walked. The lepers were cleansed. The deaf heard. The dead were raised. The poor had good news brought to them. If John had eyes to see, he would have known that Jesus was the one. But it's hard to see something when you fully expect something different. And it's hard to see when you're in prison. The walls begin to close in on you. The darkness starts to feel normal. The days become repetitive and seemingly endless. There's no sense of when it will end, when the light will dawn for you. For some, you notice, the light has dawned, shining brightly. But for others, there was no sign of dawn at all. And the question had to be asked. Because it wasn't working out the way that, that John knew it would. The way John had planned. Jesus, I've heard what you're doing. So I have to ask, are you the one? One year ago yesterday, 11 days before Christmas, Adam Lanza's illness brought darkness to the Sandy Hook Elementary School in Newtown, Connecticut and added darkness to our world. A week ago, our town was about to learn of another darkness of a different kind, of Robin's and Lynn's death. For 16 days, we've been grieving Deputy Joseph Antoine. This year, like every year, We've watched dear, kind, intelligent people's minds and bodies decay. We've had a year of cancer diagnoses and fractured relationships. And part of us wants to cry out, Jesus, are you the one? Because I got to tell you, some days it feels more like we're sitting in darkness than that we've seen a great light. And Jesus, without fire, or condemnation, or even defensiveness, looks at us with compassion and reminds us of the light. He reminds us of the dawn. I have an eight-year-old and a six-year-old. Which means that in the last eight years, I have seen more dawns than I saw in the previous 30 combined. <laughs> what I've noticed about the dawn is that when it's beginning, the sky changes. It lightens. But it is in no way the bright light that is still to come. There's promise. 
There's expectation. You can be fairly certain about what will happen in the coming minutes and hour, but it still hasn't gotten there yet. Now, for some activities, there's enough light, but for most, it's insufficient. Only a reminder that it won't be long until there's more light, till there's enough light. But there's a sign. There's a promise in the dawn. And when it's been totally dark, then that promise means everything. When Jesus spoke of repenting and the kingdom of heaven drawing near, He said, for those who sat in the region and in the shadow of death, light has dawned. Jesus did not say that the full brightness is upon you. He couldn't. He knew what darkness still lay ahead of Him. He knew that it would be the fullness of the kingdom, not the nearness of the kingdom that would dispel all darkness. Even so, when it's been dark, dawn is a welcome gift. We have sat in the region in the shadow of death. We have cried out, how long? Or are you the one? Or perhaps both. Jesus hears our cries. And whatever darkness we find ourselves in, He sends us a message. He points to signs that things are changing. Miracles are happening. And those are an indication that the kingdom is coming. The blind are receiving sight. It's dawning. The poor are hearing good news. Not every blind person. Not all poor people. But things have begun. Change has begun. And it will continue. Because He is coming. The light of the world will be among us. Jesus never directly answers John's question about whether or not he's the one. And he won't answer ours. Jesus won't compel us to believe that he's the one, but he will show us. And I find that compelling. The dawn is breaking. The light is coming. Praise God. Amen.